welcome to the Netball Nation podcast. I'm your host, Emma Louise Jones, and as always, I'm joined by Maggie. Hello. How are you, Mags? All right? I'm super duper, thanks. And coming to us all the way from Oz, because she's still on her holidays, is Sarah Bayman. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Now, Longest holidays ever. <laughs> I know, yeah, you're loving it. A month away, it's oh, all right for some. Although, what, hang on, what time is it there, Sarah? Half past 11 at night. Oh, now that is commitment. That is commitment. Dedication. So we promise we will not keep you the full length of a normal Netball Nation episode. All right, Sarah? (laughs) Thanks. Right, let's get cracking. Welcome to Netball Nation. This week, we're going to turn our attention to the Football World Cup and have a good old chat about the wonderful women's game and the fantastic sport for the Lionesses who've just finished top of Group D. Go girls! Well done! Uh, We're also as well really excited to be joined on the phone by Northern Ireland head coach Dan Ryan to find out how their World Cup training is going and also hear about what the future might have in store for Dan uh, following the news that he'll not be part of Manchester Thunder next season. Uh, finally, we're going to cover off all the round eight results from Suncorp Super Netball, find out from Sarah how her spying at West Coast fever training sessions are going, <laughs> and also discuss who the Diamonds have named as their reserve athletes for their World Cup squad. Breathe, everybody breathe. <laughs> Is that good? It sounds fabulous. Yeah. Perfect, right. All good. Just before we get into it, I'm getting in early with a shout out to the Isle of Man netball squad. As I want to say a huge netball nation well done for entering the world rankings for the first time Ooh. ever. Round of applause, Dini, awesome. for that thing. Well yeah, done. Nice. Right, the reason this is pretty amazing is they only have a population of 85,000, but after winning uh, the Netball Europe Open, which is their first ever tournament win, they're now joint 21st. So well done to all the what team and coaching staff involved. Yeah, incredible yeah. achievement. I've, Go on. I thought you were just going to say they've just got a population of 85. I was like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> 85 people. <laughs> that's like, and you're assuming half of those are men. I was like, oh my word. Yeah, that, I mean, that's really good. Really, yeah, well. really, really. All pro netballers. <laughs> no, but well done to everyone involved. Right, so away with this week's show. Uh, now, before we get chatting about the Lionesses and how well they're doing in the World Cup, I just want to find out a bit from Sarah about her football background. Because as we know, you very nearly ended up being a footballer rather than a netballer didn't you Sarah we've spoken about this before yeah right I, I played a lot of football when I was younger um, and played until I was like 18 19 um, and played for England under 16s actually and Everton well, when I was younger so, that we did not know you dropped that one in there yeah. didn't you Sarah yeah well you know dropping bombs today <laughs> um, but yeah and, and now it's it's so cool, actually, to see how how well they're doing, um, but also how well it's supported. Massively, like I think we, we've kind of touched up on it briefly before the sort of the push that sports have got a male equivalent can get. And you know, you look at what the men did last year at, at the World Cup and the sort of like the national support that they got, and now the women are kind of getting the same sort of vibe. So that's really exciting. Well, coverage for the World Cup has been incredible. The England v Scotland game attracted a record-breaking six million viewers. Fabulous! I mean, that's incredible oh, for female sport, isn't it? It is. It's just out there and amazing. I honestly think even a few years ago, if someone had said that was that game was going to attract that many viewers, you wouldn't have believed it. You see, it's like where was the turning point? Yeah, not that the lady. Ladies game didn't deserve those sort of viewing figures but where was the turning point how did it happen well I think all female sport has well, started to build momentum don't you Sarah yeah no I think it definitely has and I think this is just showing that it, it's the support's always been there it's just been yeah. dormant like people haven't believed that it's there people haven't pushed it I don't think broadcasters have pushed it enough 
And so then people go, oh, you know, they don't get the crowd, so then they're not going to get the funding, they're not going to get paid the same. And now it's going, well, actually, yeah, they can get the crowd, they can get the TV audience. It's like, let's see let's see people put the money where the mouth is. And, and in football's case, they are. And I think that's so cool to see. And it's funny because I'm, I'm obviously in Australia, so I only see, like, the Aussie coverage. So I've watched so many goddamn Matildas games. <laughs> the, only, the, the only time, the only time England are mentioned is because, like, oh, you know, if they if they beat Norway in this round of 16, the likely opponents are England. And that's the only time I've heard England mentioned. I was like, whoa, go on, England. Yes, <laughs> yes, prickle. Getting excited. Um, well, do you think the viewers have finally now stopped comparing the women's game to the men and started to appreciate the skill and physicality of that as a separate thing? Do you know, we had this conversation, I don't know how many series ago, in Netball Nation, talking about the fact that with Netball and the viewing figures for Netball uh, are still quite low because it's a single sort of sport game, you know, mm. predominantly females. But for the girls to get yeah. six million viewers, that definitely means that, our, that males or men are watching these games to push those figures up. Yeah. Well, I've and seen, you've seen. That's just phenomenal. I was going to say, I think I think people are now kind of looking at it as its own sport. Like I think, like you said, they're able now to kind of stop comparing it to to men's football and just look at it as 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 its own game. And which is kind of what you do with tennis, isn't it? Like you watch men's tennis, you watch women's tennis. You're not going, oh, she doesn't hit it as hard as Andy Murray. You're just watching it as as you know a standalone game of tennis. Yeah. So you can watch these games of football as great games of football. You don't have to go oh, it's not as good as the Premier League because it's like you're comparing apples and pears. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's it's just fantastic sport. And I think people are now cutting on to actually, you know, the excitement and the drama and the skill and the athleticism on show. Like, let's celebrate that without comparing it to other stuff. Well, I'm like, oh, it's not the same as WWE wrestling either. Like, what does it matter? Like, yeah, it's not, exactly. It's, they're not the same sport. You know what, Sarah, you just touched on a really interesting um, point there when you brought tennis into the conversation because I remember ooh, some years ago when they were talking about the prize money for female tennis yeah. players as opposed to the, their male ca- counterparts. And I think the discussion's now being had in relation to female football stars and their male counterparts. Yeah. And um, I was thinking, I wonder what the difference is, the differential is between what the top female footballers get paid as opposed to their male counterparts. And oh, it's, it, it's it, just it, it, absolutely well, I mean, ridiculous. I mean, that's, you open a whole other kind of worms there because what male footballers get paid is ridiculous in any kind of reality. In like, the, the, There's no one needs that much money in the world, no matter no, what you do. So then, so then I think I think football then becomes distorted in, in some way. But I, I think it's interesting because you look at the World Cup now and um, Ada Hegerberg from, from Norway isn't there, the world's best player, because of this. You know, she kind of made yeah, a stand on the fact that their federation don't treat men and women the same. And, you know, actually she wasn't going to go and, and represent Norway if, if they continue to do that. And, you know, the, the US women's national team have also got a, a law, lawsuit against their federation for not giving them equal pay to the men's national team and it's like you know what you go girls because Mm. we've talked before about the fact that as women we're all like like a little bit backward in like pushing ourselves forward and going we deserve this like we we deserve to be paid as much as the men we deserved an equal platform so i think those those women doing that it's like yeah more power to you do you think maybe the success of the World Cup, the coverage of it, the viewing figures and the interest could almost be a springboard towards that a little bit? 
Yeah, I think I think it is um, like massively, and and it opens up these kind of conversations. I think what else it does, which is exciting for netball, is it rolls straight into the netball World Cup. So the football World Cup rolls into the netball World Cup, which rolls into the Ashes or you know whatever else, and all of a sudden you get this big wave of momentum, which is what we've talked about before in terms of it just being a massive summer and a massive time for women's sport. And it's not about it being football or netball or anything, but, you know, women's sport as a whole is just seen for the entire summer. And then and then you start building momentum off that. I think definitely. And it's incredible to see. What do you think netball can learn from the Football World Cup and vice versa? Cripes. Uh, I mean the, the oh, FIFA. I mean, I mean some FIFA good, some is good champ. Yeah, yes. <laughs> <laughs> we should start some netball nation. Oh, don't, don't. Oh, we are we, are we putting it out that? there, asking our fans to come yeah, up with a chance? Right. No, this is a great <laughs> suggestion. If you've got any chance, send them into at my netball nation, right? And we will recreate them when yeah. Sarah is back from Oz. Me, Mags, and Sarah will recreate your chance, so long as they're clean. No, I'm, I'm genuinely. <laughs> I'm genuinely all over this. I don't think there's enough of this at netball games. I reckon like chanting, a bit more partisan, like big fan of scarves, can yes. hold them up your head, can wave them, you know, get more of them going. There's a lot we can take here, you know, just from fan behaviour. I mean, some of it we don't want to take, but some good stuff we do want to take. Absolutely, because it's stuff like that as well. That It builds the players up. It gives mm-hmm. them the confidence when you hear those chants and that creates the atmosphere yeah. for and everyone. It's about atmosphere. It, yeah, imagine, imagine if someone made up a chant about your name. You'd be like buzzing, wouldn't you? you? You'd be absolutely buzzing. I'm a bit sorry. I feel like you're just asking for trouble here. Bring it on. Yeah. Bring it no, on. But, I mean, yeah. on. On a serious like, note, though. no one's name rhymes with anything dodgy. <laughs> if you do have any suggestions, send them into at my netball nation and we will, we will try and recreate your chants. Okay, we'll do that when you're back, Sarah. Yeah, sounds good. Perfect. Right, well, we wish the Lionesses the best of luck in their upcoming games and we really hope you can bring the World Cup home and inspire the Roses to do the same next month. Fingers crossed. Ditto that. Now, we're really excited to be joined by Northern Ireland head coach Dan Ryan, who's talking to us for a second time this season. Welcome back to the show, Dan. Thank you, guys. I uh, can't get enough. You can't keep me away. That's for sure. <laughs> oh, well, twice, twice on the show makes you a friend of the show. Yes, it does. Oh, You're an excellent. associate. Now, Dan, just quickly, tell us what you've been doing earlier today. Well, we've actually just been at a bit of a um, Department of Community and Government um, lunch here in Belfast, which has been fantastic. Uh, the Minister of Sport has been um, supporting the team along the way and they just put on a bit of a lunch for us to, to wish us well. And, um, yeah, a really a really great initiative and, and great to kind of get that recognition from um, the powers that be here in, in Northern Ireland. How the other half live, eh, Max? How the <laughs> other half live? Well, I know. Celebration dinners. I know. Wow. It's all right for some well done. Thank you very much for taking the time out to chat to us here at Netball Nation. We do appreciate it. And uh, last time we spoke to you, you were yet to name your squad for the World Cup. How are you feeling now that the final 12 has been named and how's training going for the group? Yeah, it's, it's been really good, to be honest. We um, unfortunately had a couple of serious injuries take place over last weekend. So we're just kind of working our way through uh, that process at the moment. And um, obviously never an opportune time to, to have mm. serious injuries take mm. place. But um, we'll see what we can do over the next couple of days before we have to make any final decisions around what the World Cup looks like for us. But, um, you know, all in all, in the big picture, really happy with how things are going. I'm, I'm actually based over here in Belfast at the moment. I've been here for the past week and, and will be here until the end of the month. So it's been really great to, I guess, deliver a, a daily training program for the athletes and, and 
you know, be able to connect with them during the day and do one-on-one sessions and small group work, as well as obviously our team team camp sessions with match practice and training. So it's been really beneficial and um, you know just a great chance to to really get amongst it with the players. And we've made some great progress over the past week, which is really exciting. And you know, a couple of um, practice matches coming up this weekend and also next. And yeah, just can't believe how quickly it's come around. But um, excited where we're sitting at the moment. It sounds like your schedule's pretty chocker, Dan, for the next few weeks. Yeah, it is. It's been quite strange. When I've been back in Manchester, all my work's been at night, and so I've had a lot of spare time during the day to watch Netflix, basically. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, now I'm going from meeting to meeting, session to session, but, you know, loving it. And just, as I've said previously, loving the energy and the passion of the girls here and their desire to do well in Liverpool is really infectious. So I'm uh, really enjoying the process, which has been cool. Well, Northern Ireland have been joining Group A and you're joined by Australia, Zimbabwe and Sri Lanka. And your opening game is, of course, against World Number One's Australia on Friday the 12th of July. No pressure, Dan. No pressure at all. Look, so many people have been talking about this game and this future for us. And from my perspective, it's the best possible way we could start the World Cup. And I think, you know, when you are one of those nations ranked where we are, it's it's really important that in a World Cup competition, you maintain perspective and you really need to prioritise you know, where those winnable games lie for the team and also where the really challenging games lie and be really clear as to what your targets and purpose for those matches are. And although obviously we'd love to say that we're going there to beat the Diamonds, we know that's not attainable at this stage and it's going to be a a tough ask for us. But if we can be really clear on some of the processes, some of the clear goals that we want to achieve in that match, that we can get some really big gains and get everybody out on the court and experience the World Cup, get the nerves out of the way to be able to really hit Sri Lanka and Zimbabwe, which are two matches, obviously, that we've penciled in as must-win games for us. Um, I actually like the way the draw is set up for us and, and glad that we hit the World Cup one first up. So bring it on, I guess. There's nothing to lose. Exactly. Yeah. Nothing like jumping in at the deep end, is there, eh? I think it's a great showpiece for you, Dan, and, you know, and for the Northern Irish team. And I I think that the girls will go out and they will do their best for you. And you made made it clear about measurable goals that the girls can and that they will be able to achieve some of those goals that you set for them. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, what I've really enjoyed about this group and working with them is they've been so willing to shift their mindset slightly like it's really important for me that the girls aren't going into the world cup to maintain eighth and compete i want them to be really aspirational i want them to be really ambitious and dream big about what the team can achieve if everything goes well and we can play above and beyond ourselves which is obviously what the, the the end goal for us is is to be better than we've ever been before and i think the opportunity for these girls to play against the diamonds they played them in the first round of the commonwealth games and and look they lost heavily but for me it's more about can they implement the new strategies the structure the organization in which they play the game now through our training process can they put that stuff into performance and execute it against the diamonds and that's going to see a real clear indication of our progress and and that's how we'll be framing it to the group and um they're right they're right on board with it and so i'm really looking forward to to seeing how they go against the world's best It's it's a great opportunity more than anything else it is it's a huge opportunity and how are they feeling about it the girls yeah i think really excited i think um the build-up's been a little bit different to what they're used to. They're used to obviously having, I guess, weekly training sessions and training all the time as a team. And I've come in and obviously delivered a camp-based program. So the training's been a little bit more intense and compact than a long, I guess, uh, incremental increase in their training load. So it's been it's been quite interesting seeing seeing them switch their gears in, in that regard. And I think they're all just really keen to get out and play now. And I think, you know, we've got 
quite a few practice matches and a couple of um, test matches in Wales before we actually get to Liverpool. So I guess the challenge too for me is I haven't really seen the players under performance pressure before because we haven't had the opportunity to play any test matches. So I think the group's really excited to see what we can do under pressure and see, as I said before, if we can roll out and execute the new level of structure and organisation with what they play with. So um, it's just now about parking all the training and getting into business and, and getting ready to perform at their very best. Absolutely. Well, we wish you the best of luck and we hope to get you on the show as well again during that time. If you can find a window of time for us, we'd be very grateful, Dan. Uh, but we... Anytime, guys. Oh, <laughs> legend. Thank you. Uh, moving away from Northern Ireland, though, news broke last week that you won't be joining Manchester Thunder again next season. That must have been a hard decision for you Dan because you've had such an incredible time with them yeah absolutely love my time with Manchester and, and obviously it was great to have the opportunity to go back there this year and obviously they were very supportive of my Northern Ireland role and the reality is I probably couldn't have done my Northern Ireland role without Thunder offering me an assistant coach role so they've really um, been a fantastic support for me not only this year but also previously as well and have loved my time at the franchise and um, it's been quite refreshing having a year working as an assistant coach where um, you get to specialise in a certain area and really do some some fine-tuning and some really intricate coaching, which has been um, really beneficial, I think, for, for my coaching in general. So I've loved being a part of the club. They're great people, a great culture uh, and fantastic netballs to boot. So love my time there, but it is time to, uh, to move on and to um, continue to progress my coaching career. And so excited about what's next, but we'll have to just sit a little bit tighter as to what that might be. Oh, darn you tease. <laughs> so you can't you can't give us even a hint of what might be coming up. Oh, I think for me, I'm, what's really important for me is I need to enjoy my coaching and I need to have a really good life balance to be able to coach at my very best. And um, I'm loving my time back in the UK. I intend to stay here for the foreseeable future and there have been some great opportunities presented and, and really happy with the direction that um, that I should be going, I guess, over the next couple of years. So I will be staying in the UK um, and looking forward to, I guess, having having something official and being able to announce it in the, in the near future. <laughs> oh, Dan, you really That's are all I can say. We're, we're oh, did you? Such a tease. <laughs> Do you know what, Dan? You just concentrate on that World Cup that's coming up. Yeah. You know, you oh, just, you know, just enjoy the whole experience. We're, we're rooting for the Northern Irish girls, and then you know, the next time you pop back, you might be able to give us a little bit more information. Absolutely. Good plan, guys. I like it. I like it a lot. Dan, thank you so much for joining us on Netball Nation. No worries. My pleasure, guys. Yeah. Take care. Good luck. Yeah, Cheers. take care. Enjoy your, enjoy your fancy dinners, Dan. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Right then, Sarah, I know you're tired, so I promise we won't keep you for much longer. But Super Netball Round 8, we've got to talk about it. We've got to start with Fever's dramatic win yep. against oh, Adelaide Thunderbirds like? after they came back from being 10 goals down to win by one. <laughs> oh, my yeah. God. I'm surprised there aren't yeah. any gifts out yet, as I'm sure you were a little bit animated, weren't you, at the end of that one? Yeah, I mean, if 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 anyone followed the game on my Instagram story, it, it was an emotional roller coaster. After quarter one, I was like, I might I might just go home because I don't think I don't think Stacey's gonna notice if I'm here or not because we were like getting spanked, and then and then and then 
a quarter two, they started playing well and started coming back, and I was like, oh my god, like this, this could be amazing, this could be brilliant. And then like quarter three came, and they were even closer. And then quarter four, I was like, no, they couldn't, they couldn't, could they? And oh, they could. They they one by one. Every yeah, everyone went mental. You know, I, I say everyone, probably just me and Stacey. <laughs> yeah. you know. um, That's all you need. Get that party started. <laughs> um, but, yeah, you know, to okay. the party, right? Yeah. Listen, let me ask you just a little bit of the down low here, Sarah. So, talk to me. Falau and Eagland. Mm. Something I saw something written down mm. about the fact that she'd been penalised for throwing the ball at mm. her. You know, was oh, it accident? Yeah, so, was it accidental so. or was? Let's be right, because me for me, Maria Falau. You know, she's a quality player and she's also the pinup girl, isn't she? A netball. But is there any strength in the fact that she did do it on purpose? Oh no, she did do it on purpose. But I mean, um, I think like like Shannon Eaglin got got penalised and it was one of those where they they they've been going hard at each other and I think Shannon Eaglin had kind of got got under Marie's skin a little bit and so she got penalised and you know Marie wasn't happy about it so she was kind of walking off with the ball and then just kind of threw the ball at Shannon's legs <laughs> and and then dodgeball and yeah. then I, I think uh, yeah I think I think Shannon kind of made it clear to the umpire what had happened and then the decision got reversed and everyone was like Whoa. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> so yeah I mean there was, there was nothing really in it but I mean the FIFA fans enjoyed it <laughs> well awesome. it all adds to it doesn't it uh, Stacey spoke to us last week Sarah about FIFA needing to turn over more ball through court did her move to out to wing defence help mm-hmm. them achieve that yeah. <laughs> I mean, say, yeah but, <laughs> Is she um, asleep? Is she there? Like, yeah, no, she's not here, so it's fine. Um, no, to be fair, they did turn over more ball, but it, it was a real defensive effort. You know, Shannon Eaglin played really well in goal defence. Um, Courtney Bruce had, I thought, a better game than the week before um, in goalkeeper, but their whole defensive effort through court was better, so they, they had attackers winning the ball as well. Um, and I think that's kind of what Stacey was alluding to, that, you know, the whole team defence had to yeah. had to improve and it and it did um from like after the first quarter because they, they they knew they had to win ball because they were like seven, nine goals down or whatever and, and and they were able to. So I think that's got to give them confidence moving forward that if you can win that much ball off a team, then you know, you're always gonna be in it. Yeah, it was epic. And do you know if that win makes it possible now for Fever to reach the finals? Still, um, I mean, but, like every, every yeah, with with the bonus points now, teams can move up and down the league so rapidly that, um, you know, pretty much all teams are kind of still in it. But but realistically, Fever can't really afford to lose tomorrow to Sunshine Coast Lightning if they want to have a realistic chance of making top four after the break. That's a huge game for them, isn't it, Sarah? Yeah, I mean, it is a huge game. Like Sunshine Coast Lightning are playing so well. Um, it's on. It's here on the Sunshine Coast, and so it's 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 going to be really tough. Um, but you know, everyone's beating everyone, mm. and you kind of don't really know what's happening. And like we said, with the bonus points, it just takes a team to have like a really big win, which mm. gives them eight points, and all of a sudden the league looks completely different. Correct. So it, it's hard when you're in Fever's position because it's like playing a final every week. When you think you know we've got to win, we've got to win, we've got to win, um, but. Yeah, it's it's still kind of all to play for, for for all the teams at the minute. Well, send Stacey and Fever our Netball Nation. Good luck, won't you? 
Yeah, I mean, I will do. I'm, I'm kind of like a foot in both camps because I'm actually staying with Laura Lyman. <laughs> 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 like, well, just just whisper it then. Just I'm whisper like, it. Stacey, I'm still supporting you. But I'm stay with <laughs> However. You. Yeah, I bet you're not in good books, are you? Um, now, as well, Sarah, we've been joking a bit when we say that you're a spy at Fever's training sessions. But in all seriousness, how useful is it from a coaching perspective to observe other coaches and their teams and the cultures and just see how it all works? It, I mean, it is massively useful because you only know what you know. So to see what other people are doing and, and the ideas that they have is really interesting. And then, you know, I, I'm, I've obviously been in and around the fever environment, but then I got here to Sunshine Coast and I'm like, oh, what do these guys do? And chatting to Laura Langman about this and, you know, like, what do you do after the game? What do you do before the game? What stats are you using? And it's completely different again. So I think it, it it's a kind of really good opportunity just to, like, like I said, get an idea of, of what else is out there and and better ways to do things. You know, if you just continue to do things the same all the time, then, you know, it gets a bit boring and, and you get the same results. So actually, I know I can be a better coach, but, you know, you, you also kind of need to go out there and find the information. It's not going to come to you. And, you know, being nosy and asking lots of questions is how I'm doing it. Yeah, <laughs> you know what? It is. And do you know what, Sarah? You're in a fabulous position to be able to do that because not many coaches get the same opportunities or doors open for them that you're getting whilst yeah. you're out there. So grab no, it. No, ex exactly. Exactly. And, and I think what's been really nice is everyone's been so generous with the kind of information that they've shared and the time they've given me, you know. Um, like Fever have been extremely open. Um, they, they're obviously like confident in what they do and the fact that, you know, they, they're not trying to keep secrets and and keep it behind closed doors and and sue gordian kind of had long chats to me about lots of different stuff and um it like it has been really useful and, and i think like sue said to me well like if, if you're going to be here anyway you should like it makes sense to make the most of your time and and the access that you have and i was like yeah this is like you said max like not many people get these kind of opportunities so yeah i'm really grateful to them and what's the one thing, Sarah, that you've learned so far out there that you think you'll be bringing back to Loughborough with you? Players for next season. Well, I, mean, I can't yeah. tell you because everyone else is going to be aren't they? Oh, like, yeah. Come no. Come, come on, on. Emma, think about yeah, it, Yeah, but it's mate. only the Netball Nation gang. Come on, we're all in the club. <laughs> it's only the Netball Nation gang. Oh, okay. No, look. I think... I think Go on. Um, no, I was going to say, I just think that the kind of different ways that, that they look at games afterwards and so the different ways that they debrief games and, and how they, how quickly they move on from one game to the next and it's a little bit different from our competition because they don't have as much time in between with travel and things so like Fever played Saturday um, they were back in on Monday they were travelling again on Thursday wow. so it's a very short turnaround and it's it's been interesting to see how quickly they can move from one team to the next and get all that information in there that they need in very short space of time whereas we actually have a little bit more time than they do and so um it'll be good to take some of that stuff back well when you get back sarah i'll Let's do coffee because I'd be interested oh, to hear you. Uh, yeah. I, I'm slipping a secret yeah. recorder in yeah, there. Sure we all that. want to wear. <laughs> do you know what? Do you know what, Sarah? When all, when all sudden done, you mentioned the fact that they say that there's no secrets and there's no, you know, nothing behind, you know, the hand or a closed door. We all know that, you know, the information's out there, but a lot of the time it's how it's executed, and you know, you can know everything, yeah. but it's how yeah. you execute it. And I, and I think I think that's been the biggest thing. Like it's it's really down to how coaches use the information that they've got and how they like convey it to their players and, and, and that's 
that's the biggest thing because like you said Max especially in this league everyone's got everything so everyone's got data and everyone's got stats and everyone's got video and everyone's got great players but the difference is how they communicate those things and, and what they take and what they leave so yeah yeah, you can have all the information yeah. in the world, but you've got to know what to do with it. Exactly. Right then, moving on. Front runner Swift took an impressive victory against Giants 59-55. And that was quite an emotional win for them, wasn't it, ladies, after they lost their captain, Maddie Proud, to injury last week in last week's fixture. Awesome. Yeah, really, really sad for them. Um, does that win make them favourites for the title now, do you think? They're on fire, aren't they? Swift, they fire. are on yeah. fire. Because I think at the beginning of all this, round one, everybody had magpies up there. They were mm. going to be doing these wonderful things. They had this great squad. And magpies are struggling. Whereas Swifts are just coasting yeah. through, putting in some fabulous performances. They're connecting really well and they're just growing and growing and growing every single week. Yeah, I think they, they obviously sit on top of the league now by by a comfortable margin mm-hmm. um, and like you said that like the Maddie Proud injury like was really upsetting for them um, but I think the telling time for Swiss is going to be post World Cup because they've got a huge amount of players yeah. going to World Cup they've mm-hmm. I think they've got five of their starting seven heading to World Cup and, and they could come back very different players depending on how their countries go whether they pick up injuries if they run into or out of form and I think that for some teams this break is 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 going to be the turning point in the season for them. And for Swifts, they've only got one way to go. So they'll be hoping that their players come back like full of joy and happiness and great form because they've been playing so well so far that they don't want to go... They kind of don't want this World Cup break to come. They just want to keep going straight through whereas <laughs> other teams are hanging out for this yeah. break. Yeah. Well, you would, though, if you're up there, you'd want to keep that, momentum, that momentum just going, wouldn't you? Yeah. Uh, but the Giants are going to be frustrated yeah, as they exactly. were ahead for a lot of that game and they've got a tough match facing Vixens in round nine. Uh, they'll be looking for their first win in three weeks before the break. What will they need to do to take the points in that one, do you think? I mean, like Vixens are a tough team because they're just really, really solid. They don't give a lot of cheap ball away. So Giants are going to have to win ball and off them. And they've not been that great at that this season. Um, I think they were devastated with the Swiss loss, obviously, because it's a, it's a derby. And also they were winning it for a lot of the time. And then they came away, I think, with maybe one or two points from the whole game. And um, they, I think they need to make sure that if they don't win the Vixens game, they they at least win a couple of quarters because they w- were looking quite comfortable in the top four, and now they're not. <laughs> so they'll be mm. they'll be worried about that going into World Cup break. And uh, next up as well, Sunshine Coast Lightning kept the Magpies, as you were talking about, to their lowest ever score uh, with a pretty dominant win, sixty four forty one. That's a bit of a whopper of a win, especially because it was Magpies who took the points in a round one match, winning 57-43. Do you think that win for Lightning demonstrates how much they've progressed? Over the season, yeah, I mean they've, they've I mean they've had a, a few rocky games themselves of Lightning, but they seem to have found their, their mojo now. And I don't know whether or not it was that psychological thing when everybody saw the team that Magpies put out in that first round, and mm. it, they sort of like hit the teams really, really hard. But now teams have, have played them; they've done their analysis, like we we're talking about, and they're on their groove. And I'm really, really pleased and proud for Peace because she seems to be nailing it yeah. all the time for them. Good for her. But but we've we've spoken about magpies and it's still not clicking for them, is it? What's happening there? Well, well or what's not happening? I, d- I don't know. Like, yeah. a, like a few weeks ago, all, like all the press here were kind of on magpies' back. Like, you know, you, you've always got superstars. You never perform. You're like kind of chronic underachievers. And then they came out and beat Vixens that week yeah. and, you know, had a massive win and a massive week. 
and then it kind of seems like they got rid of that pressure for a week and just sort of went, oh, yeah, like, we're, we're through it. And then they played absolutely horribly last week against Sunshine Coast. Um, like, they'll be devastated with that performance, but you kind of wonder how they can be so bad with the players that they've got. Like, it, with seven players of the quality that Magpies have got, you wouldn't think they could physically play as bad as they did last week. So, I mean, it's got to be a bit of a worry for them because now, because all the chat here is like, well, that club's toxic. Like, there's something wrong, like, you, with the core of that club. Yeah, do you to, think there's something internally going on, all the time. Do you think there's some sort of discord, you know, I, internally, I, I don't, you know, that I, we don't see, that we don't hear? I, like, I don't know, but it's been the same for the last, this is the third year of oh. them having, a, like, an incredible squad and them underachieving. And, you know, they could, they could, like I said, everyone's still in it, so they could turn it around and prove us all wrong and win the damn thing. But they don't look like that kind of team at the minute because they're so up and down. Yeah, there's no consistency. And also, they, they, there's no consistency, and they've got some of the best players in the world. Just, just, team. just let me know because I'm so, not sure how long's Rob Wright been in the the director's chair there. Well, this is his first year, and first, I think this is what right. everyone was really hopeful for right. that he would come in and completely, completely turn it around. And, you know, it was a fresh start. A lot of new players came in. They kind of had a, a whole clear out. And I think everyone thought, yeah, this is it. This is going to change. And it's not mm. done to the extent that people expected. And like I said, you've got like, you've got Shimon and Elson there. You've got Gigi Mentor there. You've got Matt Medhurst there. You've got Ash Brazel there. You've like, who wouldn't it's just want like an, it's like a team? world all-stars yeah. team. You've got all the goods. You just need to yeah. make sure that they perform. Well, yeah, so, I mean, it's, it's a bit of an enigma, that one. Well, we'll keep an eye on it. But finally, Vixens beat Struggling Firebirds 71-60 after being down by seven goals in the first half. Put out a fantastic second-half performance to get the win. Do you think they're the dark horses for the competition now? Is they're just two points behind second-place Lightning? I think Vixens are... Yeah, yeah I, mean, I think they are. Yeah, I mean, like I said, they're just like a really, really solid team. They, they've not really got an area of weakness and they're just very good at kind of keeping ball and and taking it to goal and, and not giving teams a sniff um, but I think they're, they're kind of similar where they've been in this position for the last few years have been really quite dominant throughout the league stages and then not having great playoff games mm. so it'll be interesting to see what happens to them because they're, they're pretty much nailed on to make a top four spot unless something goes horribly wrong um, and then when playoffs comes, I think that'll be the crunch time for Vixen. Well, we've got an interesting game next round for Firebirds, who are up against Magpies. I'm sure both are going to be keen to get a win under the belts ahead of the World Cup break. But ladies, I'm going to put you on the spot. Oh. Who is your money on to win that one? Sarah, I'll go to you first. I'm actually going to go Firebirds. They played pretty well against mm. Vixens. And I think something like they've kind of been building. And I mean, I'm not saying I dislike Collingwood but they're not my favourite team. <laughs> so you dislike them then. <laughs> Max, who are you going with? I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to agree with her because I think um, the they've now got their shooting end working really, really well. Because mm. I think they brought in uh, Lenise. Has she come into that squad? Yeah, Potkey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she really can make things happen. And I think the connection between her and Gretel um, is, is now connecting. And I think that they will do a job on the Magpies' defence. So I'm going to have to agree with, well, with 
Sorry. We shall revisit that then, mm. shall we, both of you? Uh, at least you've both agreed on it. So uh, <laughs> if, if you both lose, then I get the money. <laughs> Finally, the Diamonds announced this week that Gabby Simpson from Fibers, Kate Maloney, Emily Mannitz and Tegan Phillip, all from Vixens, have been named as the reserve athletes for their World Cup squad. Any surprises for either of you in there at all? <laughs> Do you know what? When I was when I heard the names, I just thought, wow. You know, that's your second string that are just going to come along and be training partners. Um, and there was obviously Gabby Simpson, who we discussed earlier, yeah. saying that, you know, we were surprised that she hadn't made, the, you know, the 12. Um, again, no, no Ash Brazil. Something going on there. Mm. Who only, who knows what there is. But yeah, what a lineup to be taken across to Liverpool as your second string. It Fill really ins. is. What do you think, Sarah? What do you make of it? Yeah, I mean, like saying, I don't, I don't think there's any surprises. I think some of those girls like were very, very unlucky not to make the World Cup team. I think I'd, I'd have probably had at least two of those girls in in the twelve to start with. So, yeah, I mean, really strong. Again, I mean, Ash Blazel. I don't know if you feel unlucky or not to not be a training partner because sometimes it's sort of like you don't necessarily want to have to go and just be a training partner and then not get to play. But yeah, I think it's odd that she's not in the top sixteen players. Of, Australia, to be honest. Yeah, it's pretty shocking. But how hard is it for the girls that are going to be coming over to Liverpool, knowing that there's a chance they're not going to be playing? Well, I mean, it's, that cult, it, it's that culture, it, isn't it, it that tough. they have. It is, it's tough for them, but yeah. the culture, if they've built it correctly, which I'm sure the Diamonds have, the girls just accept and understand that this is it. There's, you know, there's no point throwing the dummy out of the, yeah. the cot because mm. there's nothing they can and, do about it. But, and I think you also see we've got one more round of Suncorp to go and they've got a whole training camp to go. When you look at the number of injuries that they've been this year, the chances of you playing aren't that slim. You know, like they're going up day by day because everyone seems to be picking up injuries. So you've got to kind of stay alert and stay ready because anyone gets injured before that World Cup starts and one of those girls goes in. in. So That's true, yeah. Um, you've kind of got to keep that in the back of your mind as well. And just on, on a final note, ladies, how detrimental could the trip be? Because uh, the players are then needed to slot back into their Suncorp sides post-World Cup, aren't they? Uh, yeah, because I'm, I'm not sure how it works. They'll, they'll, yeah. they'll come across and then once the competition starts proper, then they can only the, the, the teams can only use the 12 girls that have, have started the competition. So, Sarah, from your experience, yeah. do they then fly back home once the competition starts or do they just hang around and go sightseeing? Well, usually you just go travelling or something, but mm. be because this Suncorp League hasn't finished, they'll have to get back here right. to train. Right. So they'll literally go to Liverpool... It, once the World Cup starts, they'll have to come back and keep, carry on training for their Suncorp team. Oh, yeah. So I think it's a, it's a bit of a tough one because yeah. like you know how much the Aussies are obsessed with Europe and stuff. They're normally like, oh yeah, I'm going to go to Greece or Croatia or something, and they, they don't mind it so much. But this one's tough because it's like, all right, if you if you don't if you're not used, you have to go home and yeah. go back to your team. Oh, you'd be gutted, yeah. wouldn't you? Well, I guess it is. It's what they they know that that's what they're signing up to as well. If they, if that happens, and it is, and let's yeah, be right about it. It's, it's not it's, you know it's the, the four that are, that will be on that plane coming home once the competition starts proper. So will the 12 that end up playing That's as well. True. You know, they can't just stop in Liverpool after it's yeah. all done. They also have to get home. So there's no Croatia for them either. That's yeah, true. I mean, and like, yeah, exactly. And like, I know, like I was speaking to Ayla Guskup last weekend and, and she's on a plane like the Monday morning after the Sunday night final. So, yeah, it's um, it's wow. a tough, tough turnaround for the girls in the, in the Aussie League. But, you know, it's, it's what you take because they love it at the same time, isn't it? So it's part, part of, of it. Part yeah, of and, it. It. And, it's the, and it's the, and it is the job. Yeah, you know, like it, they, they get paid, they get paid to do it, um, exactly, and they get paid by the Suncorp teams year round. So, um, you know, 
you've kind of got it's worse jobs to have exactly that's exactly what I was thinking I was thinking mm, I sure. think I'd probably be alright with that actually um, Sarah we did say we wouldn't keep you much longer because you need to go to bed it's probably about midnight there so before we let you go have you got any shout outs you want to do oh I, I meant to think I meant to think of a shout out but I've, I've not I've just not got any have you got any mags I've not even thought about it uh, oof, I suppose uh, tonight, Leeds Athletic Netball Club, it's their uh, celebration of the season. And so there's going to be some uh, trophies handed out um, just Dancing. for the girls who've done well. Yeah, and maybe a little bit of dancing. Yeah. Um, just a celebration of a, a great season for all age groups at club and well done to everybody who gets a, a trophy. And, you know, and well done to all the girls who make it happen, whether they get anything or not. A huge Netball Nation well done yeah. to all of you and have a great night and a good Thank knees you. up. I've got a shout out that I'd like to do to our producer, Nick, who, <gasps> check this out, Sarah, has made us fancy Netball Nation business cards. <laughs> what? Mate, you're in for a treat what? when you get back from Australia. You don't know what you're missing. I was going to say, there the, the better be some left for me to just dish out, like making it rain. In- <laughs> <laughs> It'd be like one of those card. magician's tricks you can yeah. do with them. <laughs> hey, it's good quality card as well, that, that oh, good matte material. Very oh. impressed. So shout out Not to producer. Not yeah, yeah, they haven't at all. Uh, so thanks, producer Nick. Right, Sarah, have you thought of any shout outs or are you ready for bed? No, I'm just I'm just going to go to bed, to be honest. Okay, well, shout out again to uh, Stacey and Fever. Best of luck to them from all of us here yeah, at Netball Nation. Yeah, I mean, good luck to them. And, uh, and thank you for joining us, Sara. You have sweet dreams. Yeah, no, I will do. I mean, think of me tomorrow when I'm in the Sunshine Coast Lightning crowd, the only person in a fever top. Get your chant ready, Sarah. Yeah. Get your chant ready get and just chant. go for it. Get your Instagram story ready <laughs> and get the gifts chant. ready. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you'd make that happen. If anyone can, it's you. Right. Just as a reminder to everyone listening, if you've got any questions for Sarah and Mags, please do get in touch. You can tweet us at My Netball Nation or drop us an email to hello at mynetballnation.com and we'll do our best to answer these in next week's episode uh, that's it from us uh, at the end of another show and we'll see you all next week thanks guys thanks. bye see you guys this is netball nation